Support for this podcast is provided by Cressa. Cressa is the occupier's champion, the world's premier corporate real estate advisory firm, exclusively serving startup businesses and major global organizations alike. As a Portland pillar for over 25 years, Cressa partners with its clients throughout the entire project lifecycle, from workplace strategy and discovery through the deal transaction and project management delivery of space. Cressa partners without conflict and applies integrated expertise to make your business better. Go to cressa.com Portland to connect with the Portland advisory team. When you are a values-driven individual and you, you look for that in a work environment, then Keen definitely is that place, right? So I think for a lot of people who work here, being sustainable you know, is part of their sort of own personal mission. From That Cast Creative, I'm Dan Bruton, and this is the PDX Executive Podcast, a show where I talk with inspiring leaders who are shaping the future of Portland, Oregon. Every week, I sit down with business executives, startup founders, and community leaders to dive into their career journey and get insights into the impactful work they're doing in our slice of the great Pacific Northwest. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the PDX Executive Podcast. Um, If you're in here in Portland, you know the footwear industry is long established, thriving, and I've been lucky enough to get to know many folks from the different companies here. And one company, Keen, who they really live their mission of sustainability and, and giving back. And I'm proud to call uh, my next guest a friend, uh, Ashley Williams. Thanks for being on, Ash. Hey, Dan. Good good to see you again. So you were on, gosh, one of the first 10 episodes of this one. I didn't know what the hell I was yeah. doing. I'm still kind of figuring it out, but thanks for coming back Yeah, on. what was that, like 20 years ago? <laughs> yeah, it was two years ago. I've, yeah, aged, years ago. I've <laughs> aged 20 because I've had a second kid. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for the folks who don't know, you know, who you are, can you just talk a little bit about your background in the footwear industry, but you know, what you do here at Keen? Mm. Yeah, I've been in the footwear industry for a, a couple of decades now. Wow, wow. that sounds scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent a, a chunk of time at Adidas, uh, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Also spent a little bit of time at AMA, AMA Sports, okay. uh, working across um, all of their different brands. And uh, for the last five years, I've been here at Keen Footwear. So been in the in the footwear industry for, for quite some time and always on the brand side. On the brand always side. Always on the brand marketing side. And yeah. so here, I mean, you're one of the folks that leads the, the global marketing. Right. Right. And then when you stepped into that role, I mean, when you, you did that at Adidas, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'm interested. It was a, it's still a fairly small brand, but when you walked here coming from a, a bigger company like that, were you excited by that opportunity to kind of spread the awareness of what Keen is or a little like, this is a big challenge? Uh, oh no. I mean, I, it, it's funny because, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely an outdoorsy person, which yeah. sounds kind of cliche in some <laughs> respects, but yeah, I mean, I love to ski and, uh, you know, hike and be, be outside. Um, so working for a company that, sort of plays in that space is is really a, a, a great thing. Um, and, you know, when you combine that with uh, the, the idea of being a values-driven organization, right? Super easy to say, lots of people say it, but really hard to put into practice. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that you can just put in, in a sort of a, a vision statement. It 
really then is how does that manifest itself every day with every employee is mm-hmm. is the big sort of litmus test on these things. Well, let's get into that. So how yeah. does it here? Because yeah. I know you do walk the walk here as I've gotten to know you and your team over the years. We do. So. We walk the walk in very comfortable, keen shoes. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's interesting. Um, it goes back to what we were just saying. It's super easy to say, but really hard, hard to put into practice. Um, and... I think first of all, it has to start from the top, right? If if it, and if if it doesn't, it, it's it's really hard to sort of gain traction on things. And it one hundred percent starts at the top uh, with Keen, and I would say that cascades down through the entire organization, and it and it really can encompass so many different things, right? There there are the the sort of the the bigger ones around, you know, your supply chain. And what does that look like, right? And, and for Keen, you know, one in three of our shoes are made in a Keen-owned facility. Mm. Um, we actually have have built our own factories. So we have one here in mm-hmm. Portland. We have one in Lyon in Mexico, which is a real sort of footwear um, uh, center of Mexico. And then we have one in Thailand. Okay. And these are Keen-owned factories. Um and what that means is that we can control the entire supply chain. Mm-hmm. So we know exactly what materials are going in. We know exactly what materials are coming out. We can control quality. Uh, we can sort of innovate and really control things. Right. Uh, and there's a move to, you know, uh, build more factories, keynote factories, and have more of our production done through a keynote facility. And maybe potentially more here Portland or the U.S. or uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I mean, we're definitely a brand that does. You know, we we don't do the easy thing. We're, mm-hmm. we're not going to take the easy route. And you know, building a factory and making your own shoes is is challenging. Yeah. Um, especially if you're making shoes in the U.S., mm-hmm. it's not an inexpensive um, procedure to make shoes in the U.S. But we do it. Um, and we we have a factory here in sort of our homeland of Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. So we kind of support the local community in that respect. Um, and um, yeah, it's um, it's a tough thing. And you're you're doing that because it's it's who you are. It's in your DNA. It's values. You know, driven company. But you step back from the consumer side. You've probably seen it change where more consumers want that transparency and they're looking for it. So how has that shifted? since you've kind of been here because uh, you know it always wasn't it wasn't always that way it was like I'm right. buying a pair of shoes I don't right. care where they come from or yeah. whatever right yeah. so yeah I think most brands historically have had their green Enviro shoe right mm. and that was maybe one shoe that you had in the range and and then everything else was you know either driven by performance or a specific end use. Right. Um, but rarely, if ever, other than that one shoe in the range, was any kind of sustainability taken into consideration. How that shifted, and and certainly what is true for Keen, is that ethos is applied to the entire range, every shoe. Um, and, we, and we talk about uh, making things consciously, right? Creating things in a conscious way. Mm. And that that applies to everything we do. And it starts with the design brief, starts with the the way that shoes are made. It, uh, it refers to the materials that go into them. And again, you know, there's an easy way of doing it and there's a hard way of doing it. Mm. So for example, what does that look like? Well, um, the footwear industry uses a lot of leather and the tanning process is a, is a 
pretty toxic um, thing and it, and it can damage uh, the local watershed pretty mm. significantly because a lot of this sort of toxic water gets dumped into local watershed. So Keen uses 100% of its leather hides come from certified tanneries. Mm. So there's the Better Leather Working Group that certify tanneries and there's pretty strict um, sort of codes of conduct that you have to abide by to be a certified tannery. So all of our leather comes from the certified tanneries. And, you know, w for example, one thing that they have to do is they have to have a closed loop water treatment process. Okay. So rather than dump the, the, the used water into the local environment and therefore into the local watershed, you recycle that water. So you either have on-premises water treatment or okay. the water is collected, taken away, treated and brought back. So none of the water ends up in the local watershed. Interesting. And now, I mean, that's again, top of your design brief. That's interesting here. And you're going out to these suppliers and uh, kind of demanding that level from them, right? So you have some, right. some input how that goes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we're, we're very careful what supplies we use. Yeah. Uh, we have restricted substance lists and we we ensure that everybody abides by those. We have a dedicated team of people here that will travel around to these different factories and do factory checks and they'll mm. actually take shoes out of production and test mm. them through independent third parties to make mm. sure that what is supposed to be in the shoe is in the shoe. Yeah. So, so the, the standards are, are pretty, are pretty tight. Mm. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, it goes back to having your own factories. Right. It, 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 it means that. that you can really tightly control that. And, and we work with some great suppliers as well to, to make sure that the, the shoes are what we say they are. Well, get into your job about marketing. Cause I mean, it is a business, you got to sell the stuff. Uh, and I think last time you were on, we, we talked a lot, about, a lot about at that time, you're using kind of these micro influencers. So out, outdoor, you know, athletes, rock climbers, what's been kind of the strategy now to, to get that message out of what you're doing, uh, to, to make the shoes sustainable, you know, sustainable. I would love to learn some of the things you, you're doing on the marketing front. Yeah. Yeah. We've definitely evolved our influencer strategy. Um, I think there's been a, another shift in the industry and, and that is really sort of making sure that the industry appeals to more people. So broadening the the voices and the, the, the faces that you see, the stories that are told, the breadth of stories that are told. Um, the outdoor industry has been a little insular over, over the last couple of decades. Mm. And thankfully, there's a real shift. To how do you mean insular? Like, insular yeah. in terms of, you know, it, it can be pretty exclusive, right? If you want to ski, you need a, you know, skiing is is not a cheap pastime with right. the gear and the lift tickets and everything else, right? So that can get a, a little uh, exclusive in that respect. And then um, sort of uh, un underrepresentation as well, right? Um, and I think uh, recognizing that the outdoors is for everyone and uh, making sure that people that have access to the outdoors is, is definitely been a shift and hearing stories about how, how people from maybe different cultures interpret the outdoors. It's not always about hiking along a trail. It can, you know, it, how you consume the outdoors can be very different hmm. depending on the culture. So that, that there's definitely been a shift in that. And when you go to sort of see, you know, trade shows is definitely um, – that is definitely one of the sort of the hot topics in terms of, you know, sustainability is one, but then uh, ensuring that the outdoors is 
open and accessible to everybody is is another very very hot topic right now interesting thankfully yeah and so how you getting back to the influencer how uh, strategy how's that evolved and have you found success yeah definitely yeah. so um I think uh, historically, and this is probably true for a lot of brands, you have your team of ambassadors, right? That's it's kind of a, a fixed asset, right? You invest in maybe 10, 20 people, and then you get, you know, you they they align with your brand values and they they tell stories that align with your brand. So we've we've moved away from having sort of full-time contractual um, ambassadors into more of this influencer space where we can work with lots of different people on a project by project basis, still people that align with our brands and are kind of friends of the brand, but we're able to tell a much broader breadth of stories from a broader breadth of people, which is great. I'm interested, knowing that has changed a little bit, how do you vet all these people that they do really live? If you're working with more, maybe on a shorter term, instead of like, we vetted you, you're on with us for a year or two. Yeah. uh, Because- what I've seen the past couple of years is that whole influencer industry can be kind of shady a little bit with some yeah. other kind of brands. Right. Yep. So I'm just curious. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's an interesting one. So, um, you can, you can go, there are obviously agencies where you can go and buy influencers, right. And you put in a brief and they'll recommend the sort of different influencers that you can work with. We, we don't work in that way. We, um, a lot of people will sort of bubble up through social media sort of listening platforms. Okay. And then these are people that we've tended to um, maybe, uh, they may have tagged us in a post. We may have started, sort of been introduced to them through that. Then right. We've kind of started the conversation. We maybe have used that post. Then the conversation sort of continues. We then maybe send some product for them to test. So it's kind of, um, it starts off more often than not pretty organically. And then we just build build a relationship with them. And, you know, social media is, is pretty transparent. Yeah. You're able to sort of see the types of stories and um, content that people are talking about. And, and you just make sure that it's a fit for, for them as it is for you. Yeah. And it, it seems to work quite well. It's been successful. Yeah. Let's get back to, uh, let's talk about working here. I mean, I've yeah. been in the office a handful of times yeah. now. I love it. I come in and you're always kind of updating it and it's, yeah. a, it's a very cool space. You, you host a lot of community events here. Um, what's the culture like here? What's the vibe like? I mean, every time I come in, I'm talking, you know, checking in the front desk. People are just like, great. It's, it's definitely, I would say, very keen, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's not corporate. It's like, uh, you know, real authentic. Yeah. So it's an awesome place. Um, very informal, uh, very, very, um, very open. The building itself, I mean, this is a 60,000 square foot building that Keane moved into, I think, back in 2012, 2013. Um, it had had multiple occupants before Keane moved in. And um, during the renovation, there was a brief that um, it, uh, the builders, contractors estimated it probably take about 50 dumpsters of trash to, wow. to clean the place up. So the brief was, well, you can take out one dumpster of trash and everything else has to be recycled. So wow. that's what we ended up doing. There was one dumpster of trash, less than one dumpster of trash got taken out. That's amazing. <laughs> everything else got up, up, upcycled. So even in this room, you know, there's, um, uh, you know, this, this table was made out of recycled materials. We have an in-house facilities team that will make furniture out of, you know, oil drums and, mm-hmm. you know, um, different different wood that they've sourced. So, 
that all goes back to values and sort of living your values and how do you demonstrate those right sort of every day and then for folks that are like younger coming into the company this is a question i like to ask a lot of all different types of industries uh, not the saying that you and I are old, but we're older. <laughs> we're middle so the younger folks coming out of school, uh, how is what they expect out of work different than when you first got into the footwear industry? That's a, that's a difficult question. <laughs> wow. Um, well, I think the idea of, of values and how do you live those values, right? I think um, as, as we look at a lot of the research, being values driven and being transparent about your values is is become a much more important thing to younger generations than it is to maybe our parents or right. some of our grandparents. So I think when you are a values driven individual and you 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 look for that in a work environment, then Keen definitely is that place, right? So I think for a lot of people who work here. Um, being sustainable, you know, is part of their sort of own personal mission. So mm. we we demonstrate that here um, at, at Keen. Um, you know, we provide volunteer opportunities for people. We give every employee it's forty hours a year um, to volunteer in the community, which again is super important for yeah a, a lot of people. Yeah, and, and we definitely encourage those things. No, that's interesting. Again, you can feel it when you come in here. Mm. And I think that's probably ultimately, you know, Portland is this hub of the footwear industry in a way. It's a competitive advantage for you, I would think. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So what's uh, what's next for, I asked you this last time, but, you know, Portland, what do you think? I mean, you've been, how long have you been here? Five years. Five years at Keen, yeah. You've been in Portland. Oh, in Portland. Yeah. Um, Moved here in 2003. So. Okay, yeah. So you're officially a Portlander. Yeah. Seen yeah. a lot of change. A lot of change. What do you think as we've grown? I think it's it's all good. I mean, I you know, in terms of the footwear industry, this is definitely a hub. Yeah. Uh, you know, going back to the days when Nike were here and then, you know, Adidas had a subsidiary that got set up and it's pulled more and more brands in. So I think um, it makes a lot of sense if you're in the footwear and apparel game to be based in Portland. Yeah. Um, I think creatively as well, it's a, it's a really good place. There's a, a lot of agencies. I'm sure Wyden Kennedy has something to do with that, right? People yeah. who work there spin off great agencies. Mm -hmm. So there's a real, really good pool of talented design and and creative people in, in Portland. And then the sort of the tech industry seems to be growing more and more as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm spending a lot of my time learning about that and, and meeting a lot of founders in that space and interviewing for this. And, um, I'm kind of fascinated yeah. of how that's grown and yeah. why people are moving here. Uh, I think the cost is one thing, but I mean, more and more it's the talent the people are here. Yeah. We got it. And so it's, it was creating a challenge maybe for some companies to to get talent because they want to go to these tech companies that have a lot of growth. So I can see that being, uh, you know, more difficult as we grow, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah. You know, hopefully there's not another big downturn, but and how, and how do you guys, last question, how do you prep for like kind of the financial, uh, you know, downturn that's just inevitable with cycles? I mean, you've right. been in the industry when that's happened. So mm. what are some of the things that are, will make keen, maybe more resilient? Uh, I think there's a number of different things, right? Um, we have a very loyal fan base. Yep. Uh, so um, I think that sort of helps us in terms of any big swings. Um, I mean, there's, I think there's something ridiculous like 
29 billion pairs of shoes that get sold in the world every year, hmm. which is a crazy, yeah. crazy amount of, amount of shoes. So wow. pe- people are still buying shoes e- even, in a, even in a down market. Hmm. We have a really loyal fan base. Um, and we just, we, we keep doing what we do. We, we remain true to who we are. We don't chase things. We don't chase trends. Um, we, we will keep, um, keep our values sort of front and center of what we do. And so as a result of that, and, you know, uh, Dive, you know, uh, ha- having production in, in multiple different countries around the world, uh, owning our own factories. I think all of that helps you weather any sort of big, big swings. And then, you know, having good relationship with, with our retail partners as well. Right. So, well, thanks so much, Ash. Dan, always a pleasure. Great to see you. Good to see you. The PDX Executive Podcast is a production of That Cast, a Portland, Oregon podcast agency that partners with brands to create custom podcasts. You can learn more at thatcast.com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well.